everybody to Stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw. I am Taylor Williamson, the comedian, runner-up on America's Got Talent, new comedy special, Taylor Williamson Live at the Comedy Wait a minute, wait YouTube. a minute, Taylor. Hey, you said I'm in wait, charge, wait, I'm hosting wait, 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 it. I'm the host. You don't speak until you're introduced by the host. How dare oh, yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, but I'm, this is my show. Q&A, Stories with Briscoe and Bradshaw, Volume 2 Q&A. Check out we don't want one. them to have nap time here. We want them to get excited here. This what, is all bull. Can yeah, I warn you? This is our terrible. worst show ever already. Oh, yeah, already. That's probably the greatest. This is your fault because can I tell you, JBL, you don't, I don't know if you know this, but I did this show with uh, uh, with Frisco for a while where we did the Q&A thing, and every comment was, we hate Taylor, we love Gerald, we hate Taylor, he's terrible, his voice is terrible, I don't like Those how were he, for me. he ramble. <laughs> but this is what you wanted, this is what the people wanted, more of this. So we're going to do a great show. We didn't, get know, we didn't want this. Mr. Briscoe called me and said, hey, how, why is Taylor hosting? I said, I don't know. I thought you asked him. He said, I thought you asked him. I, so we don't know why you're here. I'm still you're doing my intro. We got Chickasaw Nation Hall of Famer, Pro Wrestling Hall of Famer, Dave Meltzer, whatever the fuck that is, Hall of Famer. The, you, why, are you they don't. why are you cussing already? I love, I love all the bad language. Uh, the rest is you guys pretend like you hate it, but then you're in it. You're like, I love Dave Meltzer. But, but until you're in it, you're like, oh, who's that guy? No. And then you're in it. Like, oh, it's an honor to be in the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. WWE Hall of Famer, uh, Gerald Briscoe. Then we got WWE Hall of Famer, uh, John Bradshaw Layfield, JBL Wrestling God, former world champ. Uh, guy the longest actually, reigning SmackDown champ of all time. Longest reigning SmackDown champ. Taylor, I'm not, if you're going to do this, I'm not done yet. I'm okay. still going. More about Dave Meltzer than oh. you are us. Yeah, he, yeah. My first wrestling match I ever went to, he lost. JBL. What? Yeah, <laughs> he's supposed to be putting you over, JBL. Now he's calling you a jobber. Can I, can I ask my first? Can I be? The, Go ahead and ask, promote your YouTube gimmick, whatever it is. I mean, you're not doing anything for us. Listen, check out my comedy special film live at the comedy store. Taylor Williamson live at the comedy store on YouTube. Where is this, it? Where can you find it? A brand new website called YouTube.com. Okay. So listen, can I ask, can I ask the first question? I, have a, I meant to ask you on, on, by the way, the best episode of your show of all time was last week with, I was the special guest. Please check that out. I encourage you. But uh, can I ask, can I ask the first question that we can get it to all the wonderful fans? Is that selfish please, of me? Please, please. I think it is. Who are you what asking it to first off? To both of you, what do you think of these wrestlers who go, I never wanted to be champion. Oh, who needs that? I don't need that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, when, I, when, I got, when I got in the business, I said, you know what? I want to open every card in the world. I want to be first match for the rest of my career. Yeah. And I want to <laughs> lose a lot. Yeah. That's what I think of. I think they're, why, why the hell are you in the business? Nice. Go back to McDonald's. <laughs> But then what about Rowdy Roddy Piper? He he truly didn't need it, right? Didn't need is he, what? Is he, is he the exception? He didn't need a title. Isn't the story well, with him? Well, you that... didn't ask about titles. I mean, you asked about you know, just being there. Well, I said championship. Yeah, you asked about guys who didn't want to be champion. You didn't. That's Roddy right. never said he didn't want to be champion. Roddy but, wanted to be champion. Oh, but you didn't want him to be champion because he doesn't need it. What do you mean? Mm -hmm. I didn't. Well, I wanted him to be a champion. When we had him too. in Georgia Championship Wrestling, we wanted to give him every damn title we could give him. But the idea was he was so special that give to someone who needs it, right? No. They say, <sighs> what have you, well, way to go, Taylor. We're starting this is what off Dave, really this, is what, this is what Dave Meltzer told me. Okay, first question. 
God, are people still listening? Why are you plugging Dave Meltzer? This is three times you mentioned his name. Okay, this is a great first question. That was, can I tell you why I asked that question? Because I wanted to like show how bad the questions could be to make the really good questions really good. So the first question's- Who do you want to embarrass? Who was inside me? Paul Moody. Paul Moody, is that that Oval Moody's- uh, Percy. Percy Moody. Wow, from Beyond. From the Beyond says, what's the best wrestler's court? John, you take that one. You're 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 the prosecutor. Oh, that's easy. There's no doubt about it. We were in Nashville, and Teddy Long used to ride with me and Ron Simmons. And you got to understand, wrestlers court was something we had so a lot of fun with. So we didn't have social media. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have you know these guys are able to create their own brands with their cell phones and their social media. We didn't have any of that. All we had was each other. So when we had wrestlers court coming up, guys would spend two or three weeks preparing for wrestlers court. They would get their attorneys, they would get their arguments, they'd get props, they get all kinds of stuff. We they talk about we'd bribe the judge, we'd try to get it in our favor before we ever got into court. There was all kinds of cheating that was going on. Teddy, we caught him when when Viagra first came out. Teddy was getting some samples from some doctor or something like that, legitimately, I might add. And so somebody <laughs> somebody wanted some. Sure, sure. And Teddy sold them to him. So me and Ron found out about it as we're riding down the road with Teddy. So we took him to wrestler's court for selling free Viagra. Your honor, your wait, wait a minute. I got, I got how to injection here. So <laughs> in the confidence of your car, Teddy Long tells you something. So of course you got to take it and spread it throughout the dressing room to get Teddy in trouble. What Absolutely. Kind of, what, because... kind of, what kind of road partner is that? Because he didn't share any of it with us. Okay. <laughs> that was the problem. He'd been, if he'd been sharing with us, it wouldn't have been a big deal, but he was making money off of it. So, and plus he never paid tolls and trans or anything like this. You know, that's, you know. So, so we took him to wrestler's court. It was in Nashville. It was probably the most well-attended wrestler's court of all time. <laughs> I think Taker was not there that day. I think Triple H was the judge. Uh, Kane or Godfather was always the bailiff. And Teddy hired uh, May Young as the <laughs> defense attorney. And her argument was, I don't know why you young boys need this Niagara anyway. Y'all got big. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was the greatest. Call, what did she call Viagra? Niagara. <laughs> she had no idea even what it was. You know, it just come out. She had no idea what it even was. And Teddy Long lost and had to pay me and Ron a, a bucket of chicken a case of beer and a bottle of whiskey for the judge. And he had to give free Viagra to the guys that he sold it to. It was by far the greatest wrestlers court ever. It was, it was so much fun. What's the statute of limitations on selling Viagra? I don't know. I think Teddy could still be prosecuted. Well, I know. I know if you get to the right thing for four hours, you better contact medical help. So probably four hours. (laughs) Do you know this from personal experience, Gerald? No, I don't. I, I never bought any product from Teddy Long. <laughs> Notice I said from Teddy Long. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. How, oh, how about in a, in a comedy profession? Do you guys have comedy uh, court? No, there's nothing. No, there's nothing like that. You guys are a bunch of boring guys. You know? <laughs> there's a bunch of maniacs for sure. Back in the day, there was weird stuff where like Sam Kinison was like a gangster at the comedy store and he would like pretend like he ran the place, even though he didn't. Like, there's like bullies like that, but didn't no, know I you didn't. want to enter a conversation, Mr. Helper. 
<laughs> when he was the teacher in Ronnie Dangerfield, oh my, he was great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, here we go uh, from Trevor Harlan. Favorite celebrity you ever got to meet in WWE? Well, I mean, that's the easy answer. I'm ready. Uh, Taylor Williamson, my favorite. Celebrity. Oh, yeah, Taylor Williamson. Yeah. All right, next question. Wait a minute. I, I got to hear this from Mr. Briscoe because Mr. Briscoe got to meet some incredible celebrities back in the day. Who was your favorite celebrity ever? Oh, God. I mean, Muhammad Ali. I mean, oh. I can you not say Muhammad Ali? And number two was Willie Nelson. I mean, when he was Willie, I can you not mention Willie. But, you know, I, we, like you say, John, we had so many celebrities back in those days. But Muhammad Ali, you know, was, of course, he was a hero of mine. And, and uh, and I just, I would just, I would, what they call marked out to meet Muhammad Ali. And, you know, Billy Martin, holy shit, Billy Martin, one of my favorite baseball managers. You know how I feel about baseball, guys. One of my favorite baseball managers of all time, man, is Billy Martin. Yeah, how about you, John? I, mean, I know you, you, you've been, you've had the honor of being in the ring with a lot of them. Yeah, and I got to meet Nolan Ryan one time at a, wow. at a bit of a guy who was retiring for WBAP radio. And, uh, you know, it's, as a kid in Texas, I watched Nolan Pitt so many times when I was in high school and college up at the old Arlington Stadium. That was just a dream of mine to meet Nolan Ryan. Arnold was another one. I, I meeting Arnold, I, you know, I grew up a huge fan yeah. of Arnold and Franco and all those guys training, you know, and it just, and then he became this huge movie, uh, movie star. And it just, I just thought the world of Arnold Schwarzenegger and meeting him when he came in to work with us so much. And the fact that he was just such, such a nice man, it was just, just blows you away. How about you, Taylor? Who, who, who's your favorite celebrity? Gerald Briscoe? Gerald Briscoe and JBL tied for sure. Um, Seriously, who's your favorite? I mean, and, and I, I know, told, I know you, 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 you told me you, you met some of the greatest all time uh, comedy guys, uh, Melton Burrow, all those guys back in the time. Yeah, you made out, <laughs> and you made out with Heidi, Heidi uh, Klum, right? Heidi, uh, Heidi flies. <laughs> I met Milton Burrow. <laughs> Yeah, I met. I was I met, I liked him. I met. I met Jack Benny. Uh, I met Mark Twain a few times. Um, I met all Mark Twain. Mark Twain. Yeah. Samuel he, Clements. Oh, Samuel. Samuel Clements came to my show two years ago. You go ago. by his working name, or he mentors <laughs> Mark Twain. <laughs> I've gotten to meet so many special people. I don't know how to think of one. Um, I did a show once. Uh, when I'm I was, gonna, I'm gonna, I gotta ask you a question about Mark Twain. Do you know where that name came from? No, tell me. You know, John, you, I do you not sure, know. you're an educated man, John. You were educated in those great schools in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> you know what Mark Twain is? No. Okay, you want me to tell you what Mark Twain yes. is? Up or down the Mississippi River, those river boats, you would mark, and Twain was how deep you were. You had Mark Twain. That's I not didn't real. Know that. That's a true story. That's all they just name and say from Samuel Clemens to Mark Twain when they're painting that fence. The show's not called True Story. It's called Stories. I don't believe anything you say to me. Is okay. that true? That's a true story. Wow. There you go. True stories. You know, Taylor, we don't like follow up ever, start every sentence with honestly. So there's <laughs> nothing really about us that you have to doubt the, the veracity no. of our claims. No, we're honest. We're honest. I'm sorry. I, I I hang out with Bruce Pritchard so much, and I just my trust is. Uh, well, yeah, you just hey, you just mentioned uh, you said it all. You confessed everything. Okay. And I hang, apologize. Hanging out with Bruce Pritchard. I projected it on you, and that's not fair. You, do you hey. know Bruce? Bruce invented truth. Did you know that? 
Yes, I did. Helmet, helmet, Abe Lincoln on the stage. <laughs> Bruce chopped down the tree. Yeah, that, that was that was Abe. He didn't. That was George Washington chopped down the tree. Wasn't <laughs> Bruce shot Abraham Lincoln. Okay, there. We, uh, speaking of shooting. <laughs> Next question. This is why the people on the why are you going so fast on this? You bored or what? No, because I'm scared of bad comments about people who hate my style of goofiness. Between I, this show's not about me. Taylor, we love it. We love it. Yeah, I love you guys. I care about I care about you and your audience, and I want everyone. You know, all these people. I want you do. You do. That's what. That's something we, John and I, both admire about you. Care about our audience. Yep. Uh, Raymond Wong, um, most bizarre places you wrestled at? Ooh, John, you know, I, 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 I got to take that, man. I'm skating rinks all over the country with, with no bathrooms in them. You with the bathroom that you did have, you, 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 they, the promoter, you would, you, they turn a bathroom into a dressing room and put a piece of plywood. I'm sure John's had the same thing when he yeah. was. Put a piece of plywood between you and the public. So if you want to go bathroom, you had to go around the plywood. Or if you're sitting there dressing, all of a sudden you see these guys looking around a piece of plywood watching you dress and stuff. Just weird places like you know rodeo ground. Well, in your neighborhood, we were in, what's that Desert Springs out there, Palm Desert. What's that big exclusive? Death Valley. Out, out there by where you live, Tana. San Diego. No, no, that Palm Springs or De what is that? Palm Springs. Palm Springs, well, we wrestled there one time, and I, you know, it don't rain there. And we had an outdoor show at a rodeo ground in Palm Springs. They actually have a rodeo ground there. And it started raining. It was the, the biggest rain up until that time they had ever had there. So you have to walk back and forth to the uh, to the ring, you know, and, all, and the rodeo grounds and all the mud and every time. By the time you get out, and your boots are run, your equipment's run. So Jack and I just took off our boots, being old country boys. We ain't going out there slipping and sliding around. We took off our boots. We're the only ones that uh, that didn't slip and slide. We were wrestling Murdoch and Adonis that night. And, man, it was a cartoon because of them slipping and sliding and we weren't. I mean, he had, John could laugh because he knows how Dickie Murdoch was in, yeah, a situation, yeah. in a situation like that. He took full advantage of it. It was the most entertaining match. It might not have been the most scientific match I've ever involved in. But it was one of the most entertaining matches. Come back, Pat Patterson and um, yeah, Tony Guerrero were the agents that night. They just raved around, hey, man, we're just out there. You know, how, how'd you know it was going to be slicking? Well, we're from the South. It rains all the time. We do outdoor shows, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, but just been in the ring with Dick and Murdoch, Adrian Adonis, and their reaction and their selling of the match. It was it was hilarious thing. So, Places like that, you remember. I remember more than I do in some of the bigger rings. So I'd, I'd, say, what, I'd say a good one about uh, a bathroom. The, the funniest bathroom story was uh, we were at WrestleMania, and you know we used to have to sit out there for the pre-show. So me and Michael Cole would be out there when it was just us for four or five hours. So I mean, you get you're having to call all these matches because you know they cut up these matches and they show them you know for the next fifty years or whatever. How many? time period so you got to be good on every match then you, you've got to go to the next one got to stay strong but the whole time you can't go to the bathroom so we used to have to quit drinking water you're like two or three hours before the show <laughs> so i found a bathroom in one arena and it was about 50 feet from the desk 
So I'm sitting there the whole time I'm drinking my energy drinks and all of a sudden Michael says, you're never going to make it. I go, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm not worried about it. I didn't tell him that I found this bathroom. So I'm sitting there drinking the whole show. <laughs> got this like four or five minute video clip, uh, pre-roll. Uh, and so I said, cool. I take my headset off and I run to the bathroom. Michael goes, oh, you bastard. You <laughs> so I get in there. And I asked the guy before the show, I said, is this bathroom closed to public? He goes, oh, yeah, no public's allowed in here. I said, okay, so I've got this, you know, bathroom is going to be perfectly quiet. I walk in there. There's 100 people probably in this bathroom. Fans. It's a public bathroom. And all during the video roll and commercial, they go to the bathroom. And so I walk in there and everybody's like, JBL. I'm in there in a tuxedo. It's WrestleMania middle of the show <laughs> 20 people ahead of me and i said guys i am so sorry they told me this was not a public restroom i said but i got to be back out there in less than three minutes i said can i cut in front of everyone <laughs> and they're like, yeah 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 come on in come on in come on in so let me come in they're all then they're all chanting let him pee let him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, try going to the bathroom when you got that and then as I'm going, guys are trying to take selfies with me. Come on, guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I tell you something? We're talking about social media and what you do and how you post on social media. That is the clip that you cut out. You make a 45-second <laughs> clip of that story. Add subtitles. I will share the hell out of it. That is so effing funny. That's amazing. My cousin, as a kid, he we went to a, a WCW show and he peed next to the big show at a urinal and he said it was terrifying. <laughs> Anyways, um, true story. Um, that was funny, Kevin. That was I'm that telling was really it's, it's funny. A, you it's you get paid to you get paid to be funny and you pass that off as funny on no, our I'm show. I'm not joking. On I swear. Show. Okay. I, I swear I'm not even joking. Well, we used to have, uh, I know in Korea, we had, uh, in South Korea, we had the garden hose that they point to the shower. There's literally a garden hose outside the arena. They make you go outside and just hose yourself off. I had to fly back from Korea one time and I got, I'd gotten busted open. So I had some blood on me. I had no shower. So I had to go straight to the airport. So I put garden hose. I kind of washed myself off. It was awful. <laughs> have, have either one of you ever been to the Bahamas? Yes, I know. I know, John. You lived oh, yeah. in Bermuda, you lived in Bermuda for a while, but Bahamas. You know, they don't get a lot of rain over there, but when they do, it rains like crazy. So back in the old Florida Championship wrestling days, we used to get booked over once a month and run shows over there. So me and Dick Slayer, we're at, we're in this big, big angle over television title here, Florida Championship wrestling. The world there working for the title, place is packed. Of course, I couldn't couldn't get by with the wrestling stories, but I said the place was sold out, you know, and for the belt. <laughs> and those are two two things that, that that's required when you tell the wrestling story. Sold out and packed <laughs> for the and for the title. So anyway, all the right, always there, for the title. Yeah, you 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 gotta have your know, so that so anyway, during the course of the match, it just starts raining. The clouds open up, the sky opens up, and it's raining. Well, by that time, you know, all these big guys have been in there. So after a while, those little outdoor rings, they start sagging a little bit. Right in the middle of the ring, there was a puddle of water. And Slater just kicking my ass, kicking my ass. So all of a sudden, I just, he got me down and I'm selling, I'm in that puddle of water. All of a sudden, I just take it, take it, take, grab a, you know, imaginary handful of water, splash it up in Slater's face. Of course, Slater gets blinded by the water. So, baby face, I take over. 
take Slater down. I drag him across, you know. And I literally, I mean, he's working it and I'm working work, but I'm pulling him across the damn ring. And finally, we get to the puddle of water. Everybody knows what's coming. So I jump down on Slater. I take his, take his, take his head and I start bashing it in the water. Water's bashing on it, still raining like crazy. I start splashing water in his mouth. All of a sudden, I hear this, this gurgling coming out of Dick. I'm grounding Dick Slater in the middle of the ring and it's raged on there. Nobody knows it but me, but it's a funny thing. One of the funniest things ever. It's later got back. He was so pissed at me. He cussed me out all the way back from uh, Bahamas over to Tampa. You nearly drowned me. What, what was I going to do? You nearly drowned me. I couldn't do nothing. But it was funny as hell, man. <laughs> Stories about almost killing people are really funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. As long as they don't die, it's still funny. He That's didn't true. die. He didn't die that time. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell you that's another clip? Okay, that's cool. it. That's what Taylor, you just said. That's another clip. Taylor, I'm sure you haven't always performed at the comedy club. I'm sure you you performed at some dumps. You don't have to tell us the name of the city. Tell them, are there dumps where you guys perform too? I mean, you know what it's like. I mean, like uh, Chinese food restaurants, laundromats, pizza bar, pizza bars with pizza, which is a better than a bar without pizza, I guess. You know. <laughs> Uh, pizza places without alcohol, <laughs> bars without pizza. Um, uh, I mean, I did. I performed in Guantanamo Bay. In comedy, we called them hell hell gigs, you know, like hell hell gig. Uh, and uh, one of my recent hell gigs was Guantanamo Bay, uh, summer twenty twenty one outside in every way possible. Like, ideally for comedy, you want the. I wonder what your answer is for wrestling. For comedy, not for. Listen, people perform in arenas now for stand-up. It's cool. It's whatever. It's horrible artistically. You ideally want compact, people stuck together, close together, slightly uncomfortable, so they have to pay attention. Cold, so they are like, you don't want them comfortable. You don't want them chill, laid back. You know, you don't want them in like com some comedy clubs. They have like, you pay extra, you can sit in like a comfy chair. No, you want them slightly uncomfortable, a little bit cold and close together and low ceiling. So the the laughter bounces off and it's contagious. That's ideal setting. So Guantanamo Bay is outside. It's families, there's kids running around, not paying attention. The kids, parents trying to grab them because there's families that live, live there. You know, like the people who were arrested, they brought their families there when we performed for them. That's the joke, but um, I'm very funny. That's so funny. I was, funny. That's <laughs> funny. Yeah. I was performing for the troops, the troops and their families. Anyway, so that was a hell of a gig, but it actually went really well. It was really because I'm a I'm very talented, you know. And you guys, you guys remember, you are very talented. Thanks for bringing that up. You are very talented. <laughs> and you guys ever heard of Killer Carl Cox? I'm sure John has. His oh sure. So we're we're in Milledgeville, Georgia. Milledgeville is the mental health facility. You know, you had a, a pet name for it. You called it something else, but the mental health facility. Well, Killer Carl Cox kind of played a character that he was a little bit disturbed. And and his interaction, he had a match. The guy was on the outside, and Cox, of course, was inside. But they had a match. Cox was talking him through a match with this guy in his mental health facility that needed treatment. And it was the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. I know you're not supposed to laugh at that, but Cox, Cox is one of those wherever wrestler was lined up at the curtain, but not to watch a match, but to watch what Killer was doing with this, with this guy that's no <laughs> help. The funniest thing I've ever seen. 
Hey, it had to, he had to take a buck. He had to hit himself over the head with a chair, everything. <laughs> did, did you ever, so like, you reminded me like, also like, I mean, I try, I blocked most of this stuff out, but now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, back in the day, you would do a shows at like, because you just want to perform for an audience. So there's like, hey, we have an AA show. So you after their <laughs> AA meeting, you go do stand-up for them, you know? And like, <laughs> so the senior center comedy show, because like they live there, like, okay, we'll go tell jokes for you guys, you know? Prisons, everything. <laughs> yeah, I, ne I never did a prison show, but people do those. I performed at a summer camp, like for there's like a show for a 13-year-old. To me, it'd be hard to get somebody to laugh at a prison show. Can I tell you, I hear they go really well. You know, Johnny Cash did it, oh, you know, dear. but. No, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I never heard of that. <laughs> Listen, as a great, how dare you, as a great host, you know what? <sighs> so let me tell you the funniest uh, spot I've seen a comedian in. So we were, at, we were in Abu Ghraib, uh, you know, the, the place in Iraq that was, you know, alleged the, the torture thing. So we're in Abu Ghraib and Al Franken, the guy who was the senator, the writer of SNL, was there and he was doing his stand-up comedian gig. It was getting funnier and funnier every night. So I think Carrie Turner was the actress out there with him, real uh, pretty lady that was used, been on a lot of USO tours with, with Carrie. So Al is uh, Saddam Hussein. He's in Iraqi uniform. He's got the mustache. He looks remarkably like him. I mean, they've got the the hat, everything, and he's handcuffed. And in, he's looking for Uday and Usay, his boys. That's part of the comedy skit because Uday and Usay had just been killed. So part of the skit was, he goes, I know my boys Uday and Usay, and it's, it's, it's real funny. People are laughing. We get mortared during the middle of his skit. So we're going, run to the bunker, run to the bunker. Well, I don't know where the bunker is. I'm sitting here watching Al Franken dressed up as Saddam Hussein. We're in Iraq. So we run to the bunker, and I get down there, and I look, and the guy that has the keys to Al's handcuff is in the other bunker. <laughs> Al, Al, Al is dressed as Saddam Hussein. Bombs are hitting all you know all different places. I don't know how if any are even close to us, you know, but you, you can hear them. And Al's sitting there and he's handcuffed and he's dressed in Saddam Hussein uniform as we're getting mortared by the Iraqis. Oh <laughs> so, I look around and I said, Al, I don't know who wins, but if our guys win, they're gonna kill you. If, <laughs> if those guys win, you don't want to know what's gonna happen to you. <laughs> and he just he just literally goes, This sucks. <laughs> John, you never told the story of where your weirdest match was. Uh, probably I had some in Korea that were some outdoor shows that were just like in the middle of the peninsula. They actually drew some quite a big crowd. We had some in Mexico. Mexico, uh, Nuevo Laredo. I wrestled um, Mil Mascaris, and the fans were behind Chicken Wire. I believe it's – no one can flate – Nuevo Laredo with Madame Morris, one of those two fans were behind chicken wire. And so you literally yeah. like couldn't throw stuff at you. <laughs> wow. Um, this did is you so ever, did you ever get anything thrown at you while you were performing Taylor? <laughs> I had someone throw a drink at me after a show once in the meet before the meet and greet, he grew, threw his drink at me aggressively, like his glass. Um, and you ducked, damn it. It hurt a little bit and it spilled all over me. Um, but that's the new thing now in comedy. Like people are getting famous. They're going viral because people throw things at them and then they make a joke about it and they got the clip and they post the clip on TikTok and then they get to be on Jimmy Kimmel. So I, I need something. We, we yeah, you, ever been, you, you ever been shot at? We've got something for you. <laughs> okay. Okay. I don't want a bullet thrown at me, sir. I'm not looking for a bullet. Maybe like a koosh ball. Are they still around koosh balls? What the hell is that? Like 
Remember the Rosie O'Donnell would sh- shoot the koosh balls at everyone? Uh, what do you think ago? somebody should shoot you in Texas? Okay, moving on. Um, <laughs> J.R. Porter says, legit toughest guys ever in the business. That's an insulting question to, for the two of you, honestly. Like, I, I mean, like, I, I know it's the two of you. Go well, ahead. I, go. You know, you know. Wow. I mean, our 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 business has been blessed with a lot of those guys. I mean, I mean, the current guys like uh, we're not even current, but you know, you go with Kenny Kenny Shamrock. You got to there. Kurt Angle. You got you got to end there. Yeah. I mean, Olympic gold medals. Danny Hodge. You know, Jack Briscoe. Uh, Cowboy Bill Watts. I mean, you can go on. There's some legit uh, early lads. Uh, you know. Black Jack Mulligan, one of the most intimidating guys I ever was ever in the ring was with Black Jack Mulligan. I remember the first time I had to go to the ring with him. He had several dressers back in those days, of course. And uh, and so I walked out to the ring. I always knew Jack was big. And I, I've been standing there all five foot ten. I mean, I'm looking across. He's a six foot ten guy. outweighed me by 200 pounds, but at least a foot and a half taller than me. That was the most intimidated I'd ever been in my life. And then tie up with him here's like working with a feather, man. And the guy was great. He he, he was he was heavy on you, but he was one of those guys that never hurt you. But, but yeah, uh, that that's one of the guys I can So I'll tell you a funny story where uh, when when WWE invaded WCW in Norfolk, <laughs> we, we didn't know what they were gonna do back to us. Okay, so we knew they'd probably do something, but we didn't know what. You know, we invaded them, you know, and with, uh, you know, right before their live show and, you know, aired it and all that stuff. So we didn't know what was going to happen. So Mr. Briscoe goes around and he gets Shamrock and the Harris Boys and me and Ron. And he goes, Hey, listen, we don't know what's going to happen after the show. Would you guys just kind of stand around the parking lot, and make sure that Vince gets out of here okay? So a bunch of guys were kind of just standing around, you know, a bunch of big guys. You know what we're gonna do? I don't know. What we're so we're sitting there joking. This, this, this looks like I see from one of those sexy movies, you know, where they're all there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all the guys standing around, you know, we have no idea what's gonna happen, and we were sitting there saying, if they send over Haku, we're gonna send out Shamrock, and we're gonna watch the fight of the century. Oh my god! <laughs> Who do you honestly think would win? Oh, good grief. I don't think neither one could lose. <laughs> you know, Kenny was a UFC champion when there were no rules. I, I don't <laughs> Kenny was a, a warrior. I mean, a warrior. And so is Haku. But there's rules in UFC. Haku will bite there you. There was there was there was when Kenny won it. <laughs> I know they could punch you in the nuts and stuff, but they couldn't you couldn't bite someone's body parts off, could you? I don't Maybe. think anybody tried to bite any body parts off. That's what I'm saying. Haku would win because he wouldn't be expected. Because like, he'd bite him. Yeah. <laughs> but he wouldn't just bite him. He would eat him. <laughs> One he, time Bruce Pritchard gets mad at me, and I'm, I'm, I'm on Bruce. I'm on Bruce. Bruce said, if you breast, go bite me. I reach over, and I bet his damn last toy. I bet a hole in his damn shirt. <laughs> Man, I'll never ask another wrestler to bite me. He asked, he asked Kurt Angler to bite him. Kurt did the same damn thing. He said, how many wrestlers bite on well, we do. We can get by with it. <laughs> you guys are weird. Yeah. Your fans think I'm weird. You are. You are, too. I have a dog in my sweater. Is that weird? That's weird, yeah. Okay. Next question. Betty um, Boop. Let's, let's introduce Betty Boop. He's a dog. That's, Betty, Betty Bo- That's my is- god dog, John. That's my god dog. <laughs> Betty, Betty Briscoe Williamson. She's 3B. Betty Boop Briscoe. 
You're going to be holding her when I'm performing at uh, Side Splitters in Tampa in January, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, and actually, out out in uh, Wesley Chapel, Side Splitters. Do I not say Tampa? Well, you you're on the main. You're on the big shot. You're in you're in a place that that's haunted. I told you that. And this is you think I'm BSing you? It's a haunted place. A guy with his family got shot by an ex sheriff in there, and so he, he they closed the theater down because it was haunted. And then and they got an own side splitter in Tampa bought it. Now it's a big fancy side splitters in Tampa. Big so good place think. for you to get shot. Yeah, and I can arrange that. I got some redneck friends out in that yeah. neck of the woods. And by the way, that's a redneck area too. So you'll get Great. along. You'll you'll fit in real well out there. Yeah. They'll just wing you. I love the place. Well, come see me at the haunted side splitters comedy. Club. Bring your guns. Where are you going to? And it was open carry here in Florida too, John. You know, like oh, in Texas. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you, know, you some good redneck jokes to get over. Oh, yeah. Oh, what's that? My Hollywood agent, my shows in Florida were canceled. Oh, darn. Okay. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah, don't oh, say that. Sorry, don't guys. Say that. I had a You're going to disappoint a lot of people. I had a phone call. I'm not going to be in Florida. I'm so scared. Uh, next question from Patty. La Bruyere. Ooh, Patty. Uh, uh, French, uh, French Patty, too, John. That's right. She's, she's a good lady. She's She's been uh, a friend of ours uh, the show for a long time. Well, a shout out to uh, PLB. Favorite whiskey? Ooh, Ooh. Mr. Briscoe's. Taylor, you still there? Oh, I, me? Do I have a favorite whiskey? No, I know. What she said that we drink whiskey. Do you have favorite a favorite whiskey. whiskey? Oh, favorite whiskey. Uh, yeah, cold. <laughs> <laughs> the guys used to all be Jack Daniels drinkers back in the day, and they'd gargle it, and you know, it just—I I was never a fan. It's just a beer drinker, but uh, the, they would—they abused some Jack Daniels. Canadian Club was my favorite. All right, Squeegee Luigi says maybe Squeegee Luigi. JBL, what invest? Oh wow, what investment website app or company do you personally recommend? The only one I use a lot is Yahoo Finance. I, I really like Yahoo Finance. I get tons of information. It's all free, and you can look up basically anything you want, and you can go as deep down rabbit holes as as you want. Oh my God, I forget that you're the money guy. <laughs> oh my God, I uh, be careful. I need you in my life. Um, uh. So I mean, I, you're making a lot of money, Taylor. That's exactly. No, I'm in debt I'm tremendously. <laughs> Here's the thing: I'm in debt, but I'm a, uh, but I also own a house and I have money in investments. You know what I mean? It's, and then my credit score went up. I've never had debt in my life, but for the, debt, for the first time I had debt, and my credit score has gone up like crazy. And then, uh, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna pay off all my debt by March. I invested in myself and my career, and I'm it's paying off. Isn't that that's a good that's a good life, right? Good money stuff. You're the greatest. You're, you're so good. I just want you to tell me that, you, that you're my dad and you love me. We talked about this. Bruce okay. is your dad, sir. <laughs> why do you I, get so? Why do you get so upset when he when what's wrong with Bruce? It? Yeah, what's wrong with Bruce? I mean, Bruce is a good guy. I mean, he's yeah. been there for fifty some odd years, and he's a good guy. He's always yeah. been very kind to you. Very polite. He invited you to a to a show in L.A. I was there. I saw you show up, and you yep. you, you were great. Bakersfield. Yep. 
No, I wasn't Bakersfield. That was L.A. Whatever we were doing to L.A. I saw you both in L.A. Yeah. Yep. Not John, but you saw me. Yeah. I was. I was. I was going to Bakersfield. As a matter of fact, I was going to wrestling tournament. The Roadrunner Open. Roadrunner okay, Classic, which is basically probably coming up for this week that this show aired. Okay. Next question. Fantasy Booker Podcast says. JBL, thoughts on the current Baron Corbin from February 2023 to the November and December 2023 comparing the Baron Corbin you managed? It's the same Baron Corbin. I mean, no difference. I mean, you know, Baron, uh, I, look, I liked Baron, and I still like Baron, and Baron's a very talented guy. He's won a lot of championships, honorated giant memorial battle royal winner. He just won some uh, judo competition. Baron's a big, tough, athletic guy. Played pro football. And people ask me all the time, and and generally I would never answer because I don't like talking about current storylines. I don't think you should talk about my opinion because I think it hurts if you're involved, and even though I'm not involved in that current storyline anymore, but I answered it on Dutch Mantel's podcast. So I'm certainly going to answer it on this one. Uh, You know, I don't know if the the deal with Barron was supposed to be long-term or not. I have no idea. They asked me to come into Oklahoma and cut a promo. I'd have flown myself in for free to do that in Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, because they love you so much. (laughs) They they love me so much. And and then I just did some more stuff with him. So I don't know if it was cut off or if it was that they never had long-term plans for it or not. I I don't know what happened. I, I, I enjoyed it and I enjoyed working with Baron and uh, you know, it, people have said Baron been through a lot of iterations. Look at our roster from 1995 to the attitude era. Uh, just a few years later, stone cold was the ringmaster. Triple H was an aristocrat. Payne was a dentist. Rockabilly, <laughs> Road dog. I mean, you had all these. And you were, you were an acolyte. And I was an acolyte, yeah. And and Scott and, and uh, Kevin, uh, two of the biggest stars in wrestling history, were Diesel and Razor. You know, so guys just go through migrations of uh, characters. That's it means nothing. Byrne's been very successful in everything he's done. I played baseball with him once. Did you enjoy baseball. it? I played baseball at the Big Slick. It's this charity event in uh, Kansas City that uh, Paul Rudd and uh, Jason Sudeikis and all these special people put together, Rob Riggle, and uh, I got to do it. And uh, Rock, Rock Riddle. We had him on the podcast. <laughs> exactly. That guy. <laughs> oh, boy. And then uh, – and uh, but uh, I had to hit a ball, and I, I was terrified. And you I hit, hit a ball. I hit the ball, but then I fell. How far? How far did it go? Well, are you gonna make fun of me, or do you want to hit? No, story? I'm serious. I want to know. So I hit the ball, but then I for I didn't. I wear sneakers, but it's wore my normal sneakers. But I didn't tie them properly, so then I tripped and fell right after <laughs> I started running. So you, you as a comedian, your go-to is always the victim, isn't it? Like, oh, oh, you're going to make fun of me. So you want people to stop and feel sorry for you at that point. I didn't like it. I was, I don't know how you wrestlers do it. I had a scab on my knee for like two months, <laughs> like the scar. How do, don't you, how do you guys, here's the biggest question a wrestling fan can ever ask. Why don't you guys, and you guys are naked in the ring every, every week, right? Why don't you all have bruises and cuts all over your body every, every day? Where do they go? They, we do. They, you, you They're do. never there. You have makeup you on your closer. body? Sometimes. The bruise is so bad. Uh. Is this true? I don't trust him. 
Uh, it was, I remember Ron Anderson saying one time goes, we couldn't kill you. We couldn't kill you. We tried it. Cause I'd been going through one hardcore match after another. And after a while you just become hardened to it. Everybody does not, not just me. I mean, everybody's ever, ever literally everybody that's in the business. First I was a two-time hardcore champion. How many times were you hardcore champion, John? <laughs> I think 17 times. 17. Wow. <laughs> but How many times were you 24-7 champion? I was never 24-7 champion. Oh, there you go. I remember Big Boss Man won the hardcore championship, and he had a match with Bob Holly, and he went there and gave the title back to Vince. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next question is from Austin72316. Do you have any Andre stories that haven't been told yet? Mr. Briscoe, you'd be the only one that Ooh, haven't been told yet. Uh, no, I think every, every, every story that I know, I mean, I've, I've done so many interviews, I've told every story. I, I'm just sitting there trying to, you know, the cop stories uh, get pulled over, all to go into the way and and I, Andre was sleeping in my Mercedes, and the cop pulled us over. Cop was approaching the car, and Andre stood up, and the cop pulls his gun on us, you know, and gets terrified. And then, then says he won't write us a ticket if Andre will give him a signature. And Andre said, Oh, girl, my God. And he pulled us over. No, Andre, he's going to let us go if he's not. <laughs> but yeah, there's just so many Andre. So Andre. Andre and Arn Sheik, I, I got to see that a few times. And so, go ahead, John. I'll tell you one that I don't think has been told was by Timmy White because Timmy White was supposed to be on our podcast and couldn't get on to Zoom and then died. So uh, <laughs> Timmy was driving Andre in L.A. and he got pulled <laughs> What are you laughing about, Taylor? <laughs> no, I'm just like this. It's not funny that Timmy White died. Are you laughing at you Timmy White died? I'm uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable phase. So some cop pulled him over. It was a lady cop, and Andre uh, got a mad. Because, well, it, it's important to the story. So Andre got mad because this lady cop was, uh, he thought was harassing him. You know, they're driving drunk, speeding. So I don't know why I think he was mad at the cop. <laughs> Finally, the lady cop says something, and Andre refers to her in a very derogatory term toward a woman, and she said excuse me and andre hits the windshield tim says and knocks the entire windshield out all over the freaking side of the road the whole windshield he said the whole windshield disintegrated into like little pebbles and just went all the way out in the side of the road and he said the cop just looked at it and just said you know what and just got back in the car and left <laughs> by the way plug for gerald briscoe's instagram if you scroll down for a while he told some great stories into the camera about hanging out with Andre the Giant back in the day. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, next question. Actually, let me ask a related question. I was driving from Torrance to, to Studio City two weeks ago on Monday on the freeway driving normal speed. This is a question for Briscoe's body shop owner. My side window exploded. No joke here. Driving normal, my side window exploded into little pieces all over me. It was absolutely terrifying. Have you ever heard of such a thing in all your years? No. Do you think someone, I'm not joking. Do you think someone somebody shot, probably shot you? Do you honestly think that? Honestly, why else would it explode? I mean, unless, unless you, you it was 150 degrees inside your car and, and the glass couldn't take the heat no more. But knowing you, you don't like to sweat. You had the air conditioner cranked up. Yep. So it couldn't, it couldn't have been the heat. <laughs> 
You you say that like it's an no, somebody somebody's trying to uh, John did you contact uh, a about uh, okay uh, <laughs> LA about, we're about get somebody, Taylor you're gonna be huge once you get shot <sighs> moving on you just need somebody to shoot you and it's gonna be the most famous yeah. thing ever in the world comedian, in the world in the world comedian, comedian gets shot. shot for being too funny yeah. moving on I don't like this I uh. Uh, Ryan Goodrum says, what wrestlers did you enjoy wrestling the most? Oh, boy. You know, I, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed my matches. I mean, you know, each match, no matter where you're at on the cards, each match means something. And you get a good opponent out there to, 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 to perform with, they're, they're all fun, you know, and you, you have good memories on all of them, you know. You know, of course, you know, you, you automatically go, well, you know, you're on top for the belt and the sold out. Uh, Ricky, C. Boat, Jay Young, but, and the Funk Brothers. But, you know, I enjoyed, like, like, like the Dick Murdoch and Adrian Donald, just for the sheer challenge of being those guys being so big and so athletic, you know, keeping up with them and performing with them. But, yeah, there, there, there's so many of them. Abdul the Butcher. I had a lot of fun in, believe it or not, in the ring with Abdul the Butcher. Because of the size disparity, I could really just lay out and sell and really get the people involved in, in my uh, position as, as a baby face because he was so vicious to everybody. But I'm sure John will agree. Each match had special memories, and each opponent you enjoy, they, you bring out the best in them, and, and when they bring it, it, it's a fun night. Yeah, there were so many great guys in every territory that, that you worked. There were, I mean, there were great workers. I mean, I got to work with Tony St. Clair so many times over in Europe. And man, he was just, he was different worldly, how good he was. I got to work with Finley some, but not a lot because we were both heels uh, in Europe. I got to work with Finley a lot. Uh, and when I got to work with him at WrestleMania, it was such a big treat for me because I didn't get to work with him that much in Europe because we were both heels. And, you know, Finley was, he was, he was better than everybody else. He Finley was that good. I mean, it's just, but there were so many guys that were so good. Undertaker, Eddie Guerrero, Shawn Michaels. I mean, there's, we mentioned WWE guys, Terry Funk. I mean, this, so many guys, I got the tag with Murdoch. I mean, it was, I got the tag with Bob Orton Jr. I mean, it was just so many guys that you work with. You think, man, this is really cool. These guys are, they're really good at what they do. Very cool. This is a question for Mr. Briscoe from Hector LeBron. Uh, what's your favorite tag match you had with your brother? Hmm. Uh, you know, winning the, the world tag team uh, title with uh, against Ricky and Jay, uh, the young brothers I used to call them there. They were such tremendous uh, performers and the, the, the angle was, was based on us winning a title that we had never had before. And that, that's what we built the entire thing of the, you know, switching from good guys to bad guys. So people could really understand the story, why we're all of a sudden trying to get there to, to a local favorite or two national favorites like Ricky Steamboat and Jay Young. Why did you guys turn to get them? They had something that we had never had before. And, uh, you know, and, and we were both at the end of our active careers, Jack especially, and uh, just winning it on his, his that was the last belt that, that he had. And, and the last, besides the, the gimmick belt, the 24-7 and the hardcore last championship that I had. But uh, 
went in, went in that had one title that and had looted us all during our career, and went in with my brother. Went in a world title. My brother was special, and people that we performed against were special. So that that has to be. And let me got to add to my answer a second ago. Luke Poyer over in Europe, he wrestled as Rambo. He came into WWE, never really stayed with WWE very long. He was incredible. He was champion over there for a long time, and he was probably my biggest nemesis. I probably had more matches with uh, Luke uh, Rambo over there than than anybody, and he was awesome. A big, great, big, good-looking guy could really work. He had to, you know, anybody who came into WWE would work with him. He was really talented, and of course, you know, Ron Simmons. I, uh, you know, you forget sometimes when when you're you're so close to a guy about how great it was to tag with Ron. You work with Rod Simmons on the largest uh, Monday Night Raw rating in the history of, of, of Raw, right? That is correct. I care who who was the other part of guys in those uh, that, the quarter hour was the uh, Brisco, <laughs> that'd, that'd be the main three policy, I believe. That's right, Briscoe and Better. So yeah, me and Ron were eight point six, I believe, rating along with Mister Briscoe and uh, Mister Patterson. And I don't want to judge you or be disrespectful, but. I, I, I think it's bizarre that you left out Farouk. <laughs> it was that funny, Mr. Briscoe? How did you leave him out? You mentioned Ron Simmons. I just think it's weird that he was such a he's such a legend of legends and you just like totally skipped him. Who Farouk? I mentioned yeah. Ron Simmons. But what about Farouk? They're the same guy, Taylor. Do you all know that? No, Farouk had a thing on his head. No, he, was, he was from age ancient Egypt too. Mr. Briscoe, would you would you punch Taylor Williamson, please? Oh, pow! <laughs> Can I tell you, it'd be an honor. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It'd be an honor to be punched by you, and uh, also I'd make some money out of it. So I got a good lawyer. Not a lot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, next question. Um, please. Uh-oh. AP Video says, JBL, tell the Big Show Shrek history in the WWE in the 2000s. Oh, this is the greatest ever. So Big Show, thank goodness he's a friendly giant. And he is a giant. And thank goodness he's friendly because he would have killed us. But we had, uh, we were in a hotel bar one time. And Big Show was bitten there. And he was getting besieged by people. I think we're in Northern Ireland. I think we're in Belfast. And so somebody had a, a card of Shrek. And so we got this woman to go up to him and said, can I get an autograph? And Big Show signed. All right. He's like, hey, just a minute, just a minute. All he wants is a break. She goes, sir, please. And she did it perfect. Goes, sir, please. I want to get this picture of you signed. And he's like, ma'am, just a minute, please. She goes, sir, please. And she's just insisted. Finally, he grabs it and it's a picture of Shrek. <laughs> me and she, had, she gave him a picture of Shrek. She gave the picture of Shrek that me and a certain a certain a certain dead man gave to the woman. <laughs> <laughs> take her, take her. It was the greatest setup ever. And he looked at it, and finally he starts laughing. Thank goodness. And he looked around, and according to him, he can see. He said, "I see Brad Sean Taker's head ducked down." <laughs> <laughs> We're in a match one time. Is me and Kurt Angle and Big Show, and right in the middle of his entrance in Germany is, "Hey, now you're an all star." Shrek's theme music starts playing. <laughs> now, think about this. I'm in the ring. I have no access to the music. Obviously, I may be in on it, but I'm not the one doing <laughs> Obviously. it. Okay. So, so Big Show just looks at it and he he turns red. <laughs> now, he's gonna 
kill me. So when it, when he starts, he starts sprinting toward the ring and Kurt Angle looks at me, he goes, what is that music? I said, it's Shrek's theme music. Kurt goes, oh my God, he's going to kill us. <laughs> I said, Kurt. And he's, he's sprinting the ring while me and Kurt are talking. I said, I did it. I'll take full responsibility for it. Don't worry about it. Big Show comes under the bottom rope and he stands up to charge us. And I said, Kurt, I, I said, Big Show, I swear Kurt did it. I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> and there's the Olympic gold medalist hopping out of the ring as well, getting away from the Big Show. That's yeah, amazing. thank goodness he is a friendly giant. Oh, that's amazing. So when we, we get on a plane to come back and uh, – so the flight attendant comes up to him and he's, he's telling Taker, he says, okay, he says, you know, I've about had it with John. I'm, I'm, I'm about to kill him. He goes, I'm a giant. I'm about to kill him. And Taker, Taker knows what's about to happen. Okay. So Taker goes, yeah, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. John's way over the line. <laughs> and, and so big shows and it eggs big show on and I'm in the back of the plane. I'm watching them. And I'm like, <laughs> this is going to be so good. So the flight attendant comes up and says, sir, would you like this for the trip? He goes, not right now. he goes, not right now. He goes, you know, I'm just telling you, I know John's just messing with me, but I love him, but I, I'm, I'm going to kill him. And Taylor goes, I don't blame you. You might just have to kill him. <laughs> and so the flight attendant says, sir, do you need this for the flight? And he goes, Mel, no. And he grabs it. It's a Shrek fun book. <laughs> 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 and he sees it. And I'm sitting there thinking there's only one owl on this plane. He, I have nowhere to run. He is going to kill me and probably eat me. And so <laughs> <laughs> he's always telling, don't eat me. Don't eat me. He'd start laughing. Thank God. So he grabs the Shrek book and he starts curling up. And I thought, oh, this is it. I'm dead. I'm absolutely dead. And it, then he starts, he goes, oh, 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 that's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> Thank um, goodness. He was Taylor, a giant. Taylor, I have a question. You know, being on the road, you see a lot of bizarre things, you know, whether it's in the arenas or or on the road or in a hotel or something like that. John tells this story out of something that's so bizarre that happened to him in Iowa at a group of wrestlers at a group of uh, John. I don't know, Taylor, if you ever shared, heard this story, but it's a funny story. Uh, John, share this story with so I'm sitting in Iowa, in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and we're at the Marriott there. And I'm sitting there, and I go in the bar, have a drink, or watch the game, whatever I'm going down for. And I look across the bar, and there's probably I, I'm I don't remember the the amount fifty, I'm guessing seventy, plowboys in dresses. Now I don't mean like cross dressers, I mean like big burly, look like football players in dresses, high heels everything just standing there and i'm sitting there looking at it and bubba dudley is checking in and he looks at and goes john uh he goes what's wrong i go bubba come here come here i said look at this and so bubba comes down and he goes oh my god so they're just all mingling among each other it's like big guys in dresses so i call taker i said you got to come down here he goes i'm gonna have a drink tonight i go i don't care if you have a drink you've got to see what's going on down here so Taker comes down and now we finally get the whole roster. Piper's there, Taker's there. We're all sitting on one side, like footloose. We're all sitting on one side wrestlers pointing at the guys in, in the dresses. They're sitting there pointing at us. say, looking at the wrestlers. <laughs> so, <laughs> so finally we sent over some drink. They came over and talked to us and said, what are you guys doing? They go, Oh, we just like dressing up in dresses. And so, <laughs> so that was it. I, 
I have no, I have no logical explanation for anything else. <laughs> they were the nicest guys in the world. Uh, they were fun. They, we sat there and had drinks on that night and watched some games on television. And I still have no idea what they were doing in dresses. Was can I ask a serious question? Yeah. Was it Patterson and Briscoe? <laughs> now, see, Mister Briscoe. Taylor. Taylor. I I've seen yeah, you Bubba in Dudley, dresses. Bubba Dudley, when he was on our show, he goes, "You got to tell the story." He goes, "When I saw you, and I I, I couldn't because I'm sitting there looking at going, I I'm not seeing what I'm seeing. I mean, these were not like effeminate guys or not." They're Trump. farm boys. They're plow boys. They right? were farm boys in dresses. It was just, a plow boy. Plow boy behind the plow. Don't you know what a plow is, kid? Yeah, a farm boy. You plow the fields. I'm from the beach. I don't know what's happening. But listen, <laughs> next question. Uh, Cat, what were your favorite storylines growing up and favorite storylines as a wrestler that you were not involved with? A lot of questions here. Well, I'll tell you my favorite storyline growing up. I, when I, I think it was when I very first started getting really into the business in Oklahoma, and Danny Hodge and Angelo Savoli. The Savoli family is a very famous family in our business here. Angelo was was a patriarch of it, and Angelo, Angelo and Danny Hodge, the rag, uh, the the match got so hot, the angle got so hot. That uh, and uh, Danny's dad jumped in the ring with a knife and sliced Angelo open. And Danny tried to save Angelo, went over to his dad. Dad was so uh, berserk on on it, he, he accidentally sliced Danny. Danny had to get like eighty stitches in. His <laughs> but that, that's that, funny to you. That's terrible. Yeah, it was. It was. It was I mean, it, that that part was. But you know, just that you, the question. You know, some of the, the robberies that. That was the most intense robbery. And also the late, great Jody Hamilton and Tom Renesso, the assassins against the Kentuckians, who was Jake Roberts' dad, Grizzly Smith, who was not well thought of nowadays, but back then he was a legend in, in, in the business, and rightfully so because he's good. And Big Boy Brown, the Kentuckians against the assassins. It was the most bloody, violent thing I'd ever seen up to that time in my entire life. So, those two, those two things there stuck with me, obviously, all through my life, all through my career. And then Hodge and Savoldi, that, that was probably my all-time favorite angle that I, was, I witnessed as a kid that really got me hooked on professional life. Yeah, when I was in high school, that's when the Freebird Von Erich robbery kicked off. And I grew up watching Fritz. And so I remember when Kevin debuted, David debuted, Kerry debuted, and then uh, all of a sudden it got really hot. You know, I, I didn't – know it got hot because i'd always been watching you know they, you know you always assumed there was a full crowd there you, you know you didn't know and then all of a sudden that robbery with with the freebirds got rocking and it was just amazing it was so fun to watch Very john cool. you had a mullet back then too right <laughs> it was a dual level cut yes <laughs> a dual level. yeah yeah uh, uh, Paul Fair says, "Who was Paul the... Fair? Is that is that our friend Paul Fair? I wonder, John. I hope it is. Yeah, he wanted. If good... it is, Paul, how you doing, Brent? Yep. I asked the questions. Okay, I can't yeah. ask Paul how he's doing. That's disrespectful to me. Would you ask Paul in my my place to? Yeah, please ask Paul how he's doing. And Paul. you said you said you wanted you wanted going to get back to us after this text. You said, "Man, John, both of you did. I know 
you didn't call me, Mike called Paul, uh, John. That's right. Yeah, so Paul, shame on you. Yep. Shame on Paul. How are you doing? Hope you are feeling guilty. That's how we hope you're doing it. We hope you're right, feeling well, we morose. Do. We do. Um, who was the best pure athlete ever to cross over from a sport and step into the WWE ring? Well, Paul's from Pittsburgh. If I don't say Kurt Angle, he'll get mad at me. So, <laughs> Got me, Kurt. He's great. I mean, he's an Olympic gold medalist, world champion, national champion, state champion, district champion, all neighborhood champion. He he's like me. He said he won every championship except for his own backyard. He couldn't beat his brother. I won every championship I could win, but I couldn't beat my brother. So, <laughs> gotta gotta be Kurt Angle. I couldn't beat uh, Jerry's brother or Kurt's brother. So it or me. Yeah, or Jerry. Oh no, you did beat me once. So. <laughs> I, I did once. I did once. I'm like the worst in generals. I've got one in two thousand. <laughs> it's uh, to me it's got yeah it's got to be kurt could be brock you know brock was a i mean we had some we've had some freaks Ooh. we've had we've had several world's strongest men i mean mark henry are the strongest of all of them but we've had several you know casimir patera I mean, we've had our city who've been first been 700 uh but kurt was kurt's rise to superstardom is impossible i mean nobody can come in like kurt did and go straight to the top and stay on top and get better and better and better. There's no way to do that. Kurt Angle is, he's a God's gift to wrestling. He's about, that good. Kurt, Kurt, I, you know, when Kurt came in, he may can explain it now, but he couldn't explain why he was so good. He just had intuition. He was such a great athlete. He just did all the right things. I mean, Kurt's, Kurt's just different. What about uh, T.L. Hopper? He, he went from plumbing from plumbing to the ring. I think that's a really, that's a more special transition and, and surprising. Don't you think? Cause like an athlete, like he's wrestling, became a wrestler, like respect, but you already were doing that. This guy was like, he was pl plunging toilets and then he joined the WWE became a superstar. Well, Bill Irwin came straight from hockey and even in his hockey uniform and became the goon. Wow. It's, that, it's less impressive because he's a, a respect to the I hear you. It's a different sport, but you saying plumbers aren't athlete. athletes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we, we have yeah. a sponsor that's a plumber. So oh, don't, don't, don't piss off a sponsor. Oh gosh. I'm yeah. sorry. What's wrong with you? I'm so sorry. Respect to the, I, it was a great business. It is great. Business. Listen, Next. Um, <laughs> you came from football, JBL and you came from wrestling. So, um, in case you didn't know, okay. Um, next question. And is, you came from uh, wrestling. You came from wrestling. Too. I went from wrestling to comedy. I think that's uh, really, that's uh, impressive. That, that's a big move there, Taylor. Dolph Ziggler's copying me. Mick Foley copied me. Roddy Piper copied me. Jake the Snake copied me. All these guys doing comedy. I was the first wrestler. Undertaker's cop copying you now. Undertaker's copying me. William Regal copied me. You could you could turn into the Undertaker and have you know hey you did my gimmick I'm gonna do your gimmick yeah, you'd probably be over just as well too yeah you know what I just realized one day I hope it's a long time from now we're all gonna copy the Undertaker's gimmick you ever think about that no no I never thought about being Undertaker nope, no never thought about being Undertaker. The, the, I respect I, the man too much yeah no, me too. saying it. I'm saying he picked a gimmick where everyone he's the dead man. Well, everyone, God forbid, but it's it's going to happen one day. We're all going to die. And we, yeah, he's he's a dead like, man that really isn't dead. So we're really going to be like that. <laughs> don't spoiler alert. You don't tell people what do you mean. He's a dead man. It was, that could be the worst analogy I've ever heard in my life. 
And John, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, who, who booked this guy? Okay. Um, next question is uh, uh, Adam Arpin says, Adam. Ger Gerald. Gerald, Alan that's me. I thought that's it was me, Alan. Alan Arkin, but it's Adam Arkin. Alan, Alan Arder. Alan Arder. Alan Arder. Alan Arder. <laughs> some, some guy says, during the Attitude Era, did you ever try to talk Jack about joining you and Pat for any of the Stooge stuff? I think watching Jack join you and Pat and stretching the Mean Street Posse could have been fun. Uh, it would have been hilarious. Jack would have, Jack would have probably saw it a little bit different than I did because he had a little bit different mindset than I did. You know, all that. No, I didn't. I, it was hard enough explaining to Jack what I was doing. <laughs> he wasn't into the goofy stuff. Uh, he loved it. I mean, he loved it. I mean, you know, Jack was a, Jack was a huge, John can tell you that. Jack Jack was a huge fan at that, at that time. He loved the talent. Jack loved talent. I mean, Jack loved good talent and, and, and loved our business. So, yeah, he knew, he understood what was going on. It wasn't, you know, like, Oh, why are you my brother? You can't do that stuff. He 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 saw that it made me happy. He was happy for me. He saw that I was contributing. If I hadn't been contributing, he might have saw it a little bit different way. But he saw where my role and 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 that massive gigantic uh, era during that time was contributing to it, and he was proud of it. I mean, I, I thought I maybe not so much want to wear the dress, but you know, he still. <laughs> But yeah, I know Jack. Jack was happy. Jack. Jack walked away. He walked away a happy man, and he stayed happy. I, I can tell you, Taylor, that the big tough shooters. I mean, the really legit world class shooters. They're the ones that understood it's a work better than anybody else. You know, guys like guys like Kurt, guys like Brock, guys like Hodge, guys like uh, Jack. I mean, those those guys understood better than anybody else. It was a work. Thank goodness they did. Yeah. <laughs> you go in, you know, you go in when you you know it's a business. You, you just get a different outlook from it when you know it's a business. You know what you're getting into, and that 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 was the attitude that we went in with, and uh, that we we knew it was a business. And you know, we we done we done won the, the hard medals. Now it's time to win some uh, some money. You know, so that's how we look at. It. But no, no, I never never tried to talk Jack into coming in. And he he would he would run me out of the office if I tried. <laughs> he was happy retired. He was happy retired. Jack was a very very intelligent man. He saved his money, invested his money right, and uh, you know he's one of those fortunate guys. When I when I leave, I'm leaving, and he left, and he left for good. Right. And I did see him come back to win the to to receive the Hall of Fame uh, award with you. And that that speech, the the introduction speech that JBL gave is wild. Well, if you'll notice that that that, that cowardly texter, when they after he gave the speech and he's walking out, he's supposed to walk past past us to shake our hands. He walked on the other side of the stage. He had to have Kelly Kelly come out and get in between the three of us. So uh, we wouldn't yeah. You're supposed to walk back through, you know, and like shake their hand and hug them and stuff. And and I, I walked back and I could see that glint in both their eyes. <laughs> I knew what it meant from Jerry because I'd been stretched a lot of times from him. I'd never been stretched by Jack. So I'm sitting there thinking, this, they're not going to do this to me in front of 10,000 people. If they get me backstage, they're going to get me. There's nothing I can do about it, but not out here. So instead of walking back, I see them and I thought, 
I got to find a different way off this stage. So literally, I was the only one during the Hall of Fame that walked side stage. I had to walk down and had to climb down the climb down the stage off camera to get away from the Briscoes because I knew they would stretch me right there on stage. I had no doubt in my mind what was going to happen to me. Wow. Well, speaking of Kelly, Kelly, this next question is from Michael. And Michael's wondering, is JBL still upset he never became 24-7 champion like Mr. Briscoe? Of course I am. Yeah. Kelly Kelly was, Pat was, Jerry was. I mean, so many people have been 24-7 champion. Peter Grosenberg was. So many people have been. I never was 24-7 champion. Our truth was probably the greatest 24-7 champion next to Mr. Briscoe. Who, so, but who yeah, it, it was to me that was a that that's a real fun belt uh title. You know, getting <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, it would have fun be to have been one. And who did who did you pin Gerald to win? Which time? I was two time. Were you two time? Uh, no, no, I was one time twenty four seven. Who did who did I beat? Oh, I beat the Pat Patterson. I'm gonna forget that. I beat. I was trying to take back Crash Holly in a in a classic match I had with Crash Holly. One of the most exhausting, exhilarating matches I ever had was Crash Hall. He was the one of the first, first uh, hardcore champions. And then, wait, who did you lose to for the 24-7? Which time? No, you, the 24-7 championship. Oh, 20, Kelly Kelly. Wasn't it Kelly Kelly? I've never seen a happier man to lose a match. Oh, yeah. You know, you know I was getting ribbed. I was getting Jonathan Coachman. Uh, he did a great job in commentary along with John there. He would he would rip me backstage, and he went on air and started ripping me on air. Imagine Briscoe getting beat by a girl. So he came back commercial break. I said, Coach, let me tell you something. I'm seventy some odd years old, and if if a girl thirty years old, beautiful girl, one of the most beautiful women in the world, comes up, tells you she go she go knee in the groin, you go down, she's gonna get on top. How fast is it going? How how long is it gonna take you to get down there? You go you go down right away. So. I mean, I was, I, I had no problem with it. Yeah, you know, Bruce, Bruce Pritchard, he's the one that kind of set this thing up. He called me just to check me out. And he started, and I, and when I, he said, well, you know, you're going to win the 24 7 title. I said, I know. And I, and he said, but you're going to lose it. I said, I know that too. And he <laughs> said, well, now don't go get mad when I tell you, you're going to lose it to Kelly Kelly. So he's expecting me to jump up and blow up and I'm not going to lose to a girl, blah, blah, blah. I said, oh, I couldn't think anybody better on what I'd like to lose it to. <laughs> I, awesome. I, I, I messed up his his uh, his, his fun of telling me who, who, who I was going to lose it to. Because he would wait for me to blow up so he could go back to tell Vince, oh, Briscoe got hot because he got put over Kelly Kelly. <laughs> It's funny, you know, some, sometimes people think, you know, you know it's a work. They, they don't want to tell you you're doing a job. You know, most of us didn't care. You know, yeah. I remember when we're working with uh, Kane and X-Pac and they want us to do the job. And Ron knew it meant more to beat him than it did to beat me. And so Ron was gonna, Ron volunteered to do the job and they said, how do you want to do it? And he said, well, hit me with your finish. <laughs> you know what? It was not a big deal. Yeah, John, that goes back to being a great athlete knowing, knowing that it's a bit. That's right. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Ron did the job right in the middle of the ring. I was selling outside and you know, it, it's not a big deal. You, you do the right thing for the, for the right people. Very cool. Uh, Rand Deutsch says, okay, Florida territory guy here, Mr. Briscoe, who was your favorite tag team you and Jack worked with? And why we already talked about that. I'm a terrible host. Okay. Well, so, you know, no, in Florida, Florida, you know, Mike Grimm, Steve Kern, 
we did a semi turn down here where Eddie wouldn't let us go all the way because we needed baby faces so bad. But we didn't have anybody to work with. Mike and Steve didn't have anybody to work with. So we, hey, let's work with each other. So we we talked to Eddie into doing it. And here, see current uh, 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 feedback from the matches. I mean, they 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 they, they had a ball too. So. Yeah, but you know, Mr. Saito, Mr. Sato, two guys, great deputy with, with Corey as a manager. We pulled the houses down with them. Then there's uh, uh, Pat Patterson and and, and Cole, uh, Ivan Koloff. Uh, they were tag team down here, tag team champions. We had a great run with them. And Florida, and, and everywhere, there was just tremendous talent and in the business during that time. So, you couldn't go wrong if you got two guys that wanted to be a tag team, wanted to work to, to, to compete against. I mean, it was, it, it was just a lot of fun being a tag team. Very cool. Mark Ellis, who has the same name, is a very funny comedian I know, also named Mark Ellis. Maybe it's him. Uh, we saw what happened in the long run with the death of the territories in regards to losing a feeder system. Using hindsight, what would you guys have done to keep a feeder system throughout the years? Uh, keep a couple of territories going, et cetera. John, I'd like to hear your opinion on that. I you think cable, you're, you're at right at the tail end of the territory. Era you know, I think cable television killed the territories more than anything else. Somebody was going to win, whether it was going to be Crockett or Vince McMahon or, or, you know, uh, Eddie Graham passed away, you know, too early for that. Uh, you know, or even Fritz, you know, David hadn't passed away. He had a chance. Cable television killed the territory. Somebody was going to take over the entire country. There was no doubt about it, but you didn't have that opportunity before you had USA, TBS, and then, and of course, ESPN. After that, it was just a matter of time before the territories were eaten up. And in my opinion, what they're doing now with the feeder system with NXT, what they got planned, what they had in NXT in Europe and different places, they're trying to build their own feeder system. I think those are very important I think it's very important that the styles are different in all of the different uh, feeder systems because the territory was the best educational experience you could possibly have. You know, you you, res, you wrestle every territory was different, and to get over you had to be different. In, you know, from Japan to Mexico to Tennessee to Florida to Texas to Europe, they were all different, and it, you had to learn so many different things. And have this you had this great background and knowledge by the time you got to WWE. It was different. You know, that that's hard to replicate. Oh, another question from this Austin, the bunch of numbers guy. Uh, when a wrestler is on the road, how do you how do they go to the gym? Do they buy a one day membership somewhere? Does the company contract somewhere? Well, it's just you know, even even back and there weren't weren't a lot of gyms out there when, when I was coming up, but uh, in every city, you know, the guys had their favorite gym to go to. And after a while, you know, you got to be known there. And, and the owners of the gym actually liked having wrestlers come in because the local people were coming in and saying, you know, here's a guy from television in my gym working out. So usually they didn't charge. I mean, you ran into some some stiff guys that said, okay, I might have to charge you five bucks, you know, or something like that. But, but basically... You know, it would cop because they enjoyed you coming in, and usually a wrestler would help help somebody, local guy, you know, with a routine or something like that. Right, John? You you hit. The, you oh yeah, hit yeah. The, guys would like you know, guys would leave some tickets usually for the gym owner or some somebody would do that, kind of grease the skids. But we were the same cities. I can tell you almost right now, off the top of my head, from Cleveland, Detroit, L.A., Baltimore, you name it. I, you know, Miss Briscoe can too. Where the gym was and where the place we ate were was, you know, because that was our routine, and so. The, very few charges. Uh, most were very happy to have us there. 
you know, there's a comedian, Todd Glass. He's a brilliant comedian and he's a crazy man a little bit. What he would do when he goes, to, when he tours and he wants to use the gym, I'm giving away his secret. He's a criminal. He had at least told me he did this 15 years ago. I imagine he still does this all the time. He, uh, he, uh, he, what's he still said he does? He goes to the bathroom and he gets himself wet. He gets his shirt wet. And then he walks in like, hey guys, like like he was just in there and he's been exercising. And he just walks in like as if he was. That's a little weird, Dan. I mean, <laughs> you, come out of the, you come out of the bathroom with your shirt wet, you know, <laughs> breathe, breathing hard. Come on now, what are you committed to doing in there? <laughs> I, might be, I might be forgetting half part of the story. He comes in shirt wet, holding a towel. That's what it is. He has a towel, he walks, he acts like, I forgot, I'm missing part of the story. I regret Listen, you're the, you're the ones who hired, you, are. you hired me. This is your fault. Um, uh, uh, Sean Berkey says, for each of you, what was your favorite town to wrestle in? Wow. I love, my, I love Miami, but, you know, once I got to the left of territory, you know, I, I, love, I love Chicago, of course. I love Philly and I love Chicago. And I love Boston, and they were so much fun and so intense. But you know, every 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 crowd is unique in their own way. And you know, we all everybody else, oh, Chicago is the greatest. Chicago, you go out to L.A. and you get a hot crowd in L.A., and they're as good as the people in Chicago. You go and you get a hot crowd in Bakersfield. We knock Bakersfield a lot, but you know, you get that place full and, and it's steaming hot out there, and you get it going in a good good show. People get involved in it. They're a great fan. So you really can't say, this is the greatest. This is the greatest of all time. But, you know, consistently, those towns that I mentioned are, are some of the best towns. John? It was strange. You know, some towns were really always hot, and some towns weren't. You know, Austin, Texas, for us, was never that great. Yeah. You know, at times we draw well there, but a lot of times we, we didn't do well at all there. It was it's strange how we didn't do well in, in certain places. Interesting. Um... Richard Morales says, if you could change one thing about the business today, what would it be? Today? Oh, I'm not involved today, so I, I enjoy the product as is today. Back in my time, if I could have changed one time, I would have been the money. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, getting a fair share of the money all the time, you know. <laughs> And 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 the mode of traveling. I mean, we we had brutal schedules, as, as everybody knows. I've been done to death talking about the brutal schedules. But you know, you, you I mean, here here in Florida, you know, you you had West Palm Beach on Monday night. That's a two hundred mile one way trip. Four hundred miles you're going. You come all the way back to Tampa Tuesday night. You were here in Tampa. Then on Wednesday morning, you had to get up at seven o'clock in the morning and do a TV. So you had to do that TV at seven o'clock in the morning, but you actually September about ten o'clock, but you got there at seven. And then you get in the car and drive three hundred and sixty miles to Miami and drive back at night at Wednesday night. Thursday you go two hundred mile round trip to Jacksonville, two hundred mile up, two hundred mile back. Friday night you to go back to Fort Lauderdale or up to Tallahassee, both three hundred mile plus town. Saturday night was a little bit closer by, and then Sunday was Orlando. 110 miles both ways there. So it was brutal traveling. So the traveling would have been a thing, you know, I think. We we're fortunate enough where our company, Florida Championship Pricing, was one of the first who bought an airplane. And most of the top guys got to travel on the airplane, you know, towards the end of 
He had a drunk pilot, but other than that, it was good. <laughs> but other, other than that, it was great, yeah. Even that was entertaining at times. <laughs> when you'd be going the wrong way, and you see that gas gauge hitting towards empty, and you're, you know you're going 200 miles the wrong way, then you got to make it up somehow. <laughs> good Lord. Jill Zenner says, uh, what is JBL, what was your initial reaction from the creative being towards the JBL character from being in the APA acolyte for so long? What was your initial reaction to the character from, they're, they're not speaking good English. Wake up, Dana, wake up. I'm reading it. What was J.C. Layfield's, listen, I'm going to read what it says. What does at J.C. Layfield initial reaction, it's not English, but I get what they're saying, I think, is that uh, how did you feel to be switched from JB, uh, well, JBL was before, after the Acolytes. Do I have to fact check everything here? I get, yeah. well, you were Bradshaw. Taylor, Taylor, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a comedy show here. Let's, let's do comedy, okay? I'll, I'll ask a question for JBL. How do you feel when you come off the Acolyte Bradshaw and they told you you're gonna be JBL. Is that is that how you is that how it go, Taylor? And Betty Boop, how are you doing, Betty? We need what? to have Betty Boop hosting this show because <laughs> and, and Betty Boop will do a hell of a lot better job, John. Please don't undermine me in front of my daughter. Hey Taylor, is that how you wanted to ask the question? Yeah. Look, when, I, you got, when, you, when you got the call, phone call from Bruce saying, "Hey, we're switching uh, you to the Bruce invented JBL." Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I thought I was done wrestling. So I tore bicep. I was trying to come back and I had a hernia and I'd done a lot of stuff with the troops. I was going to Iraq, you know, once or twice a year. I was kind of liaison. It was a very patriotic time in our country after 9-11. And so I really thought my role was going to be kind of a, a liaison to between WWE and the, the, the troops and, and the armed forces, which I was fine with. And all of a sudden this came up out of the blue. So, you know, it's, it's kind of lucky that you know later in your career i have something like this so i really enjoyed the run probably more than if i'd have had it uh, early I, I was very excited of course you know the, the as i've said many times and i won't go into all of that uh at first it didn't work and eddie guerrero was the one that saved the entire jbl character because of him and his brother chavo and what they did for me and 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 having the right opponent so you know you're sitting there at home you don't know if you're ever even coming back and all of a sudden you get a call and they said, Oh, we want you in the main event at the Staples center in six weeks with Eddie Guerrero. That's, you know, nobody's going to turn that down. Whether you think it's going to be successful or not, it's different, but nobody's going to turn that down. All right. So I know we got to wrap things up. Let's do two more questions. Is that good? That's good. Good. Cause I'm Thank in charge you. and you don't have a choice. I was just making, I was just checking to see if that bothered what are you. you tired of Taylor. Come on. <laughs> Are you tired of asking questions to John and I are? We're the old guys. Yeah, no, you guys, guys, I'm trying to be respectful because you have a hard out, sir. You said you, you were tired. I say I'm tired. Did I say that? <laughs> did I say I'm tired? Yes, you did. You did. I, and then the way you said it. I don't remember saying that. I don't know if that's good. I, and I'm the one that hasn't been hit in the head a bunch of times. That's not good. If I'm the one that doesn't remember 30 seconds. Maybe ago. you should have. Yeah. You, That's we, we not Get kind. you shot. <laughs> you want to get me shot, get me punched, get me stretched. Um, Brian Strayer says, Gerald, can you tell us about the angle and CWF with the Port Tampa Terror? 
You know, I read that question earlier. I cannot remember <laughs> Port Tampa, but I'm just assuming it's got to be Dickie Slater. Because he was from Port Tampa, and he was he was a terror. It's Dickie Slater is one of the toughest guys that never gets mentioned in that role. And Slater was one of those badass street fighters that was, you know, you had a had a had a reputation as a high school kid coming into professional wrestling. Somebody you did not want to mess with. There, there's all kinds of stories about him. Tampa had a number one draft choice about Slater beating him up and. Uh, even them laying on the street corner and all that stuff. He, he was a badass man. So Slater Slater comes to Europe and he's wrestling. I think maybe Franz Schumann or something. I'm not sure who he's wrestling. Maybe St. Clair. I'm not sure. Anyway, he's sitting there at the bar one night and he, he can't find his hotel. So <laughs> the only thing he has on his key is the number eight. There's uh, no hotel number. <laughs> so he comes to me and he goes, hey, I need your help. I said, of course, whatever I can do for you. He goes, I need to get my hotel room. And all it says is eight. <laughs> I know. Well, you're in room eight. <laughs> I don't. I have no idea how he ever. I don't know if he ever got back. He didn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Um, Mitch Bozeman says. Mitch Bozeman. Uh, do we know him, John? Sounds for me. Yeah, I think so. Hey, hey Mitch. Mitch. How you doing? Mitch? Hi, Mitch. <laughs> Uh, most clotheslines are horizontal with the ground, but not J.C. Layfield's clothesline from hell. Any reason you had your arm at an angle? Because he's seven foot tall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That makes sense, actually. No, I got to Japan on my first long tour over there, and they said, what's your finish? And Gary Hart, had he actually did me a huge favor. He, he was doing commentary for one of my first matches, and he said, this is Barry Wyndham's cousin because I was, I'm was i from Sweetwater, Texas. Barry claimed he was from Sweetwater. So Gary Hart just made that up out of thin air that I was Barry, Barry Wyndham's cousin. And so because of that, they said, start using the Lariat. And uh, so when I got over there, I was using the, the Lariat, kind of like Wyndham did it, flying into it. And Kendall Nagasaki, the, the boss there, Mr. Sakurata, said, I don't like it. It, it doesn't fit you. And he goes, try it running. And so every night I would try it a different way. And over five or six weeks, I kind of developed the clothesline that that I had. That's what I used, you know, the rest of my career. I tried teaching it to some people for some reason. I'm either not a good teacher or something, but it, it hasn't worked uh, teaching it to somebody. You can teach me. Uh, again, I'm not a good teacher. <laughs> That's a good way to get out of it, John. I'll teach it to you. I'll, I'll, I'll show him how to teach it to you. Listen, Mrs. You Booker said, you, you stand there, you stand there wide open, and they'll teach you. Booker T John. killed my gimmick uh, a few years ago when he said some podcast he was doing. He goes, "Oh, John never touched me; he just looked like he did." I went, <laughs> "Thanks, Booker. You just killed." <laughs> Do you know how much money you could make just making people sign waivers and just like and clothesline from helling them? <laughs> you could truly. I bet you could get like three thousand dollars each like i bet you could like if you just post online i got a ring in texas san antonio uh we're gonna sign up 40 people you could was three times 40 that's at least ten thousand dollars <laughs> pretty good math there taylor you know you know uh, that that's a great idea let's let's set up a school yeah and we'll shoot you at it taylor yeah 
I, I just, I don't know what your fan base is, and I just worry that some of them might think this is a good idea. And can you please We're just tell them that they you're do. joking? Yeah. No, because people believe this stuff, and I don't. Yeah, can you tell them not to? Well, don't believe it. Don't believe a word Taylor says. Yeah. <laughs> Matter of fact, Taylor, is that your last question? I think we're done, but not because I'm bored, but because you have a thing to do, and I'm being no, a no, no, host. no. We don't have a thing to do. We stay here all night, Taylor. Everybody, Taylor's been gracious enough as a star that he is and that is becoming. And tell us a little bit about what you got going on and how they can be one of the greatest comedy acts of all time. Well, thank you for asking. My name is Taylor Williamson. I'm a comedian. Uh, Taylor, I've... Taylor, Taylor. You've been on here for an hour and a half. You were <laughs> on our show last week for an hour and a half. And you got in and I'm Taylor Williamson. Let's Come on. Just tell them where you are. They may, just, they may have just tell them where the, you are, where to watch your special on YouTube, and how to buy tickets. They yeah. may have just turned the channel on, and they got they. You know, you they watch your movie. Just turn the channel on two hours into a show. <laughs> we advertised that you were hosting this. This was they were on there an hour before the show, waiting anticipation of you. Yeah. Coming so on. where do you buy tickets? Where do you watch your YouTube? What is the name of it? But you know, sometimes you turn on Raw, and the main event is happening, and you're like, oh, you know. So. That's my go back to Taylor. So then um, I'm a, I'm on tour. I got a tour all over the no, country. No, 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 you didn't have work. John had it. You're on YouTube. Tell us what what are you on YouTube doing? <laughs> are you there telling jokes? Are you there? Uh, YouTube, you I have a brand new comedy whatever you, special. Whatever guys like you do. Careful. I have a brand new comedy special. It's the best thing I've ever done. Taylor Williamson live at the comedy store. And uh, you can look at the comments. It's mostly really nice comments, a couple mean ones, but mostly nice ones, which is very rare for comments and for me as well. And I'm really proud of it. And then uh, you could look, I'm on tour. Uh, I'm coming to Louisville and Fort Wayne, Indiana and Oklahoma, a couple places. And then Seattle, Tacoma areas, Bainbridge Island, uh, Tempe, Arizona, San Diego, Appleton, Wisconsin. You get it. More tour dates coming up at Taylor Comedy. Uh, social how media. About, Taylor, how about Florida? How about Florida? TaylorWilliams.com. Tampa-ish. Uh, side splitters in uh, January. Calgary, Alberta, Canada. TaylorWilliams.com for all the things. Please watch my comedy special. Come see me on tour. And, when um, in January are you in Tampa? Gerald, when am I in Tampa? I, I, January 16th, I believe it is. January 16th. I, I think it's the 18th. Okay, I was close. To the twenty. Oh, we we gotta line up a sniper. Eighteenth to twenty-first. No snipers. But G Gerald, you'll come to a show, right? I Taylor, I'm always there. Free, right? I get it free. I get it top. Can I tell you a story? But we're not gonna say names. And if you know the name, you That's can't. That's a say yes it. or no question. Yeah, tell me yes or no. Do I get free? Do I get a free ticket? I'm sorry, my I have poor hearing. I can't. Uh, I'm going through. That's all right, Taylor. I got connections at the, at the comedy club. <laughs> yeah. At the comedy club in and 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 Chapel Hill, Florida. Listen, pro wrestlers get in for free. But can I tell you a quick story? Please, about, please. But uh, you can't say if you know who it is. You threw me under the bus on the last one. <laughs> you so you can't. So so uh, a wrestler, a wonderful wrestler's uh, wife came to one of my shows. Whatever. Side note. Um, so I'm doing a show. I'm getting heckled like I haven't been heckled in years. And there's this group of people in the back. And it's the point where I'm like, shut shut the fuck up. What is happening? Can we get these people out of here? And they, they won't kick them out. 
And I'm like, what is that? Like, this is crazy. It's dark or whatever. And then I'm so mad. And then at the end of the show, uh, the sound guy who was like overseeing, like the guy overseeing the room and making sure whatever, he says, I didn't have them kicked out because they're so-and-so wrestler's wife. And I was like, oh, okay. So then I do the meet and greet. And then they're like, hey, we were helping you, right? I'm like, yeah, thank you. Thank you for heckling me. It was really fun. I won't let my wife do that next time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. That's the show, everybody. Listen, thank you for having me. Who was it? Give us the initials. I can't. Just give us the initials. I can't. What initial? initial? They live in Tampa. Well, initial. I didn't ask you where they live. I'm too scared of all all the... Off the air, we'll talk about it. But no, um, no, come on, Tanner. Everybody I already, wants we already gave them all the dirt in the last one. Taylor, Taylor, there might be um, a K. And what Jericho was it? I'm no commenting everything. It must have been Jericho. Then. I'm not saying that at all. That no, would be the thing where I have to say it's not. Well, there you have it. Uh, <laughs> no, no, hey, right, no. right from the mouth of Taylor Williams. No, I'm trying yeah. to get on his podcast too, so I can't. And he admitted on our last show that America's Got Talent is is rigged. <laughs> no. This is really unhealthy. What you're doing to me? Cool. Wait till you get shot. <laughs> okay, everyone, I'm done. Happy, happy. Have a nice day. Thank you for having me, and thank and you. And check for... out Taylor Williams on YouTube. YouTube uh, special. Live at the Comedy Store, L.A., the most famous comedy venue in the entire world. Taylor Williams is his headline. There's a big marquee out there. Of course, we can all rent that marquee and put sold out there. But it says Taylor Williams sold out. How much did that cost you? Okay. <laughs> By the way, can I tell you, last time I came on your show, I had people come to my shows. Remember, I, where was I? I was in South Carolina in Greenville. Someone came up to me and they're like. Yeah, you I'm, made a friend. I made a friend. You she, see, you see the power of this show? I'm yep. saying so th- there you have people- it. Thanks Thank a lot.